Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the 360 Experience, where I, as your host, Tim Brahim, seek to bring you fascinating conversations with interesting people. And today's guest is a, a gentleman that I've known for a very, very long time. Dave Savage uh, is uh, an icon in the mortgage business. Um, he, he started as an originator and then developed uh, a software program that has really changed the way loan originators do their job if they've, in fact, successfully implemented it. I was a, a beta tester of his product back in the late 1990s, so that kind of dates us in terms of how long we've known each other. And it was at the cornerstone of, of the, the business success that I had. Um, but we're going we're gonna to talk about a lot of things today. Dave has recently sold um, the Mortgage Coach, and he is now the Chief Innovative Officer of Mortgage Coach and of Sales Boomerang. Um, which gives him a new role that he's playing. Uh, Dave's a fascinating guy. He he is a terrific marketer. He's an amazing networker. He's an incredibly bright businessman. Um, and I want to talk to him today about everything from the thousand plus uh, interviews that he's done with top producing loan officers over the years to uh, the events that he's attended to what the process was like of of actually selling your company and what he learned from that and some of his life philosophies. We're going to have a nice long chat catching up because it's been quite some time. Uh, welcome to the 360 Experience and my conversation with Dave Savage. Right. Well, welcome back to Cali and welcome to the show and welcome back into my life for a few hours because we have not been as connected as I, I think we probably should have been lately. But, you know, life does its thing. I want to I'm just going to take the, the listener back just real quick, just to give you like 50,000 foot timeline. So I don't know exactly when we met Dave, but I think it was like 1999 in that range. And then <clears throat> Dave's launching the mortgage coach and I'm cranking loans and start adopting it and loving it and having huge success from it. And um, and then we just became friends from there, you know, and, and I just admire all the work that you've done in the industry. Congratulations on your success on the sale of your company, which I want to dive into that in a little bit. But just for right now to start, man, especially for the time this is being recorded, people like you and I that have been around for a long time, we bring some we can bring some experience that can't be taught in a classroom, right? So, like, I, I'd like to see us go there today and help some people, too. And welcome, yeah, welcome no. to the show, bro. Yeah, no, it's, it's good to be here. And as I was thinking about the conversation we we're going to have today and just how grateful for the friendship that we've had, you bring up a really good point. You know, the, the, the fact that you were one of the first power users, you know, people that was, you know, on stages, killing it in the mortgage industry, a complete role model to everyone in the industry. And, and then you use mortgage coach. Like, I think that whole move, like the way I interview loan officers and showcase individuals in different markets, you were, you were the OG. I, I, I was actually trying to think of who was before Tim Brahim. Uh, I think, I think it was you. I think it was me I at think, first. Like, yeah, I was my model. And then I think you might've been the OG no, rock no. star officer bragging about mortgage coach. Maybe bragging about Mortgage Coach, but I think the OG was Todd Duncan. Okay, so like he Whoa. did lots of cool interviews that I used to listen to on audio cassette. But see, now we're getting way back, dude, just after 8-track, right in that sweet audio cassette, you know, segment of life. But um, it's but it's so crazy. So you speak of this, right? This morning, I'm texting in the WhatsApp thread with my clients in the L360 family, and we're talking about me telling them, how to use and that they should use a total cost analysis to show a two, one buy down. And I'm having like flashbacks, dude. I'm like, is this 2022 or is this 2000 and, and, uh, 
you know, a one or two or something like that. You know what I mean? I mean, things are, things are very much returned to the same in some ways in this market. Well, there's, there's no doubt. Although I do want to just speak to that Todd Duncan. I mean, he was the one that would interview us and learn that move. And then we'd learn about each other in the business. I was really referring in terms of how we sold mortgage coach, how we mm, train mm, people mm. on mortgage coach. Yeah. You were that, that loan officer that mm. shared a story and taught a, mm. taught a strategy all at the same time. And I love that so many people still use it, man. It like, it, it makes me, it makes it's, me stoked. I mean, yeah, it's great. I, I mean, I, I, uh, I was in the process of buying a home in Utah and Josh was my loan officer and, you know, he put together a total cost analysis with the video built in and I was watching, I was just going, man, I wish I had this tech when I was, when I was using it, I would have been cranking videos. It would have been, it would have been really fun, but like, I mean, that's, we can get there too. Cause I think that's an essential thing that we ultimately talk about is, is the importance in this market of being a professional and separating yourself. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I mean, where should we go here? Let's just start with the market right now. I think that's a, like that's a decent place to start. Like, um, then, you know, what I'm finding is that there are a lot of newer people in the business, Dave, that haven't been exposed to some of the old teaching, which is super valuable right now. Um, I'm wondering if you're experiencing that at all. Like, now how to sell a two one buy down, how to sell against it, how to you know talk to your to your, your listing agent about how you can sell it to the seller, you know, so they're not fumbling the ball. I mean, but that was stuff we were doing a long time ago, you know? Yeah. You know, I, I think it all comes under the concept of creativity. And uh, most of the loan officers that have got into the business since the meltdown never learned creativity. You know, it's been a, mm -hmm. a 30 year fixed rate market. Uh, it's been, you know, it's gradually got better and better and better. And then the, the past two years of 2020 and 2022, you know, we're just volume markets. It was all about how quickly and efficiently can you um, run a mortgage experience and with very little to no creativity and strategy for the consumer. And, and even, you know, the people that have been doing this for a long time, you know, they, they, they're, I, I call it, they've lost their sales fitness. You know, they're, they're very unfit from a, from a creative standpoint and, I think that book that you did with Bill Dallas, or what year it was. <laughs> it's been was all that? it's been all over our WhatsApp threads the last two weeks. Tyler Osby and Jay Dacey brought it out of the closet, and 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 yeah, it's there's a well, lot what of year, what, what 2000, year was that? 2007, He and I wrote that okay. book together. Two thousand six, two thousand seven, right when the meltdown happened. Well, because we were moving into like creativity mattered, and right? uh, and creativity was. And, and that's where we're at right now. And, and new loan officers don't even get it and experienced loan officers forgot it. And, and the, you know, the, the cool thing is they're learning quick. You know, I interview a lot of loan officers and the amount of creativity I'm seeing coming from the stress that the market's in right now, mm -hmm. I mean, it fires me up. You know, it is, uh, you know, we'll be a better industry and consumers will get a better experience for another decade because loan officers are being forced to, to do more than just sell debt. They're being forced to help solve problems for consumers. Well said, man. I thousand percent agree with everything you said. And I, I really, I, I wanted to underscore that word creativity because I think that that's such an important word that you used. I think that's a really interesting juxtaposition, which is that when you're in fear because shit changed and I don't know when the next round of layoffs is going to be that I'm going to have to execute on or what, whatever you then get 
when we're in fear, we get constricted. You know, we, we kind of close down, hunker down, get very narrow focus, and we're steeped in our fear. And that's the exact opposite of creativity, which is a totally different energy, right? Which is like curious and trying new shit and seeing what works and testing and having fun with the process of learning and like trying new scripts and trying new cells. And like that, you're right. Like it's, that's atrophied in the person, you know, because they didn't haven't had to for a long time. Yeah, there's there's no doubt. And you, you brought up a really good point because you are seeing a lot of stress behaviors in the market uh, and with loan officers and realtors. And it is stressful. I mean, it is, you know, the market has pivoted. Uh, I I think one thing that would take a lot of, lot of, and I don't know if you've got some wisdom for this, but there's a reset. And, and, to, and to try to think about the volume that you did in 2000 and 20 and 2021, 20, like it's gone. Uh, it was a COVID bubble. And and while there may be another four trillion dollar year in the mortgage industry, I think we you know we need to get realistic that you know it's back to what is a normal market. Make sure that um, you've right sized your budget so that you're you're not dealing with stress behavior. And I think the industry has rapidly. I don't think it's done, but we've gotten close to removing um, the financial stress from the the machine. I think by the end of the year. Uh, I think the industry will be right sized to a great extent. And, and then we got to get creative. We got to, you know, there is an affordability crisis in America and, and this rapid increase in race in rates didn't create it. Like we had an affordability crisis in America before rates went from in the twos and threes to in the sevens. Uh, so I, I think, you know, creativity is going to be the superpower. Curiosity is going to be the superpower this decade, uh, if you're a local referral-based mortgage professional, real estate professional. And that's just healthy. I mean, like, look what's happening with Meta right now. Like, they're going through it. I mean, you see their stock's down, like, almost, it's like 75%. I mean, nobody's buying into what Zuckerberg's wanting to do with, a, uh, you know, AI and the metaverse. I mean, people are jumping ship and they're trying to remake themselves and they're trying to get curious with like, what is, you know, I mean, that's, that's what you have to do in those kinds of situations that, so that you interview a lot of people, which is, which is a unique thing that you bring to this conversation that I'd like to tap into. So like, what do you, like, you can name names if you want, or you can generalize, but like, what are you seeing people doing right now that you think is really important as I want to, I want to give you a quick little backstory. So, you know, this, but I, I connected these dots the other day when talking to Ryan Grant. So 95, like 94 is when I developed the first thing that I was known for, which is database management. And that's Hillestad helped me develop this really great act database management strategy. I started teaching on it and it was a huge thing for my business, like catapulted me. And then in 99, I developed the other thing that I was kind of known for, which is a perfect loan process. And then I thought about it. I was like 94 rates were at nine and three quarters, 99 rates were at eight and a half. It's in those years where things slow down that you have the greatest opportunity to create the thing that is going to make you even more powerful in the future. You never do it when you're hot as hell and refining everybody. But like right now is the time for that creativity to be evoked and to be doing the things that will pay off down the road. So what are the things that you feel are important for people to be doing and what are you seeing out there? So I'm going to answer this two ways, like a two part answer to this question. And the first one, I'm going to play off of something that you said, because um, you mentioned Mark Zuckerberg. And I listened to the interview uh, 
I don't know, it's been within a month, no more than two months with Joe Rogan. I don't know. Did you listen to the Rogan interview with Zuckerberg? I, I listened to him interview. I, I listened to Lex Friedman interviewing Zuckerberg. So I don't believe I, no, I didn't listen to the Rogan one. I'd be curious because Rogan's a totally different style. Gosh, I'm trying to think, was it Lex? Because I listened to a lot of Lex. I love yeah, Lex. Yeah, me, too. me too. No, it was a Rogan interview, but he said something that I took a note on that I thought was just dead on. And this is what loan officers that are winning, like they get this. And I, I'm not going to try to quote him because I'm just going to say how what I took away from it is pre-COVID, uh, if we would have said, what is the real world? It was in person. You know, the real world was not what you and I are doing right now. Uh, it was in person. It was a it was a physical experience. And and today, the real world is a combination of physical and digital. And, you know, I even find myself at the end of the day thinking about all the people I talk to and I have a hard time distinguishing like, oh, that was a text conversation. That was a Zoom conversation. Oh, I had lunch with that person. Yeah. You know, like, like there's just complete <laughs> blur of, of digital and physical relationships, experiences. And that is the real world. So, so you know, first thing I will say is that the loan officers that are thriving have adopted that they've they've learned how to use video they've learned how to use zoom they are still getting in person and they haven't forgotten how to mm -hmm. how to how to love on someone in the physical world and they're they're just blending that digital and physical experience in a way that's natural and and so like you know because i have interviewed loan officers that are actually up this year uh uh nicole roth when i interviewed her in july she was up 4.5 percent so, you know, this is a $390 million producer. Wow. And by the way, she's on Facebook. She's on Insta. She was using Mortgage Coach to teach seller buy down, creative finance strategies. Uh, she was hustling, doing in-person realtor meetings. She was doing one-on-ones. I mean, and, and I can go on. So the loan officers that are killing it, and I do believe this decade will belong to those that, that kill it in the real world, which is physical and digital. Um, blended together in very appropriate ways. So any comments before I share part two of that, how I'd answer that? I have lots of comments. I think there was a lot of wisdom and brilliance in what you said there. And, and uh, I a thousand percent agree with you. I think that the key part to not miss in, in, in all of that is your, your perfect choice of words of like a blending of all of it, because you, some people can tend to just whiplash over to one side and stay there and forget about the in-person stuff because that still has its value, but strategically utilized, you know, I mean, with the right people and with the right approach and like the right environment for that, you know, and, and, and I, I want to hear more. So go to the next part, but I mean, I, you're, you're kind of stimulating a lot of thought right now of, of what loan originators need to be doing to be relevant, you know, and, and how they're utilizing the mediums that they have to be relevant. So keep on going. And, and I'm going to I'm going to share two little tactics before we move off of it, because I just want everybody to realize how easy this is, is, you know, like, let's say you had a coffee meeting with a realtor in the physical world and you met up, you had coffee one on one and and you out, you know, you, you shared an idea, you had a real good connection. And let's say within an hour of meeting with them, you just pulled out your iPhone, you put it against the wall and you recorded a little 30 second video saying, Hey, it was so good to connect with you. You know, I heard you say X and Y, and I can't wait for our next meeting. You know, just like a perfect blend of connected in person. I use video, I use my phone, 
super simple. You know, uh, Josh Metal, who I know is uh, someone you coach, someone who's become a great personal friend. You know, the fact that he'll he'll talk to someone and then he'll he'll do a text video and then he'll do a total cost analysis. So I think it's it's just that blend. And I think the loan officers that become uh, native um, with digital, but yet still are very high emotional IQ in person professionals are, are just going to dominate. So, um, so number two, and I'm getting more and more clear on this market, it's mindset and marketing. It, it is, you know, managing your mindset. It's hard. Uh, it isn't as hard for me as a lot of loan officers. Cause I, I did that transaction with mortgage coach and sales boomerang. And I'm literally selling shovels when there's a gold rush going on you know we're we're like i'm really fortunate that the technology i sell plays right into the market at hand although it's not without stress i mean we are losing customers because people are either going out of business or selling their servicing portfolios so you know we're we're under stress but but you know managing the mindset it it is the time that it is and 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 then marketing and and when i think of marketing and I would love to riff with you on this, Tim, because I'd love to hear your thoughts on it. You're always so brilliant at it. Um, you know, but brilliant it marketing is your messaging. It's, you know, are you are you selling loans? Are you selling financial freedom? You know, are you, you know, your scripting, your positioning, uh the loan officers that are killing it, they they're managing their mindset, they're doing the right things. Uh, they're leading and helping their teams with mindset. They're helping their realtors with mindset. They're helping like everyone around them. They're like a, a mindset lighthouse. And, and then they're, they're great marketers, you know, and that's a lot of different things. So those are, those are kind of my, if I had a couple themes that the most successful people I'm interviewing are all doing, you know, they're, they're checking all those boxes. And there's a lot that you said there too that I agree with. So, um, well, of course, what, can, what kind of can, yeah? Well, it's just it's the truth. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna hit on just a couple of quick points because I want to spend a little more time on the marketing part of it. So, um, you know, I, I've been you know kind of coaching this for two three years now at least, and in, in the perfect loan process teaching that you know, hey, right now, like if you want to separate yourself from your competition. If you're talking to a potential borrower, you use the analogy with maybe a coffee appointment with a realtor. But if you're talking to a potential borrower after every initial consult, you have to be on, on, a, on a visual medium with them. Whether it be the initial meeting was on a visual medium like Zoom like this and you got to know them that way. Or whether it's in a follow up to a phone call immediately thereafter because you need to establish a deeper connection. And that connection is established through the visual medium in a much deeper way than it is just auditory. You know, you can have some expression, you can smile, you can evoke emotion and connection in people that, that gives you a substantial edge if that person's considering to talk to others that don't do that. Like, I mean, that's just a simple application that's kind of irrefutable that it would work better, shy of you not saying something intelligent on your video. But other than that, it's gotta work better, right? Um, the, 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 the mindset thing, um, a phrase that I've been using lately with, with everyone is we're, we're just figuring it out. I mean, we're just in the process of figuring it out. Like, can you, can you have that kind of curiosity towards what's happening right now and stay open? 
and creative as a result and continually remind yourself, we're just figuring it out. You can say it sucks right now and I'm stressed and I'm worried. I don't think it's going to work real well for you in the long run. But another choice is I'm figuring it out. And every day I'm figuring out a little bit more. You know, it's that, you know, Thomas Edison, I guess he like tried to, they did 10,000 tests of the light bulb and his team said, you know, this is futile. We're not going anywhere. And he said, nonsense. We know 10,000 ways that it cannot be done. You know, it's like we're just learning and growing, right? So embodying that. So to your marketing thing, um, I think one thing that I would add, bro, is, and, and it's probably both. So you're, you're, you framed it up as, are you selling loans? Or are you selling financial freedom and stability? Was that what it was? Financial freedom and wealth with real estate. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know yeah. what I said, but I think those are the two things that I, I try to really advocate for loan officers that they, they get real clear on that they're, they're not selling loans. You're not selling interest rates. And if you are, your product sucks. I mean, rates have gone up a lot. And uh, it's not a very fun product to sell. But if you're you're selling clarity when there's chaos or you're selling financial freedom, which here in America, everyone wants, uh, you 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 can win in every market because people always need clarity when there's chaos and people all want to achieve financial freedom. And and so I, I just think that's where the that's where it's at. How do you feel about this phrase, which would be? You also want to be selling compassion. So, I mean, yes, I guess, I guess here's where I go with, with that. Uh, I, I've been talking a lot about um, the Edelman trust barometer and how this year, it's the first year in the history of that in America, distrust is the default. Uh, so, so literally, I mean, guys, this is not mortgage. This is not real estate. This is not housing. This is just what time it is. Society, society yeah. and sociological and, component. And one, different countries have different energy levels around that. I don't think the distrust is the default in every country in the world, but I'll bet you there's a lot of countries where distrust is the default. And there's, but, but this is what time it is in America. And then I think it was about two weeks after I saw that report on the Edelman report, there was a Wall Street Journal article. Um, oh God, what's his name? Drucker, the Drucker Management um, Index, and they, you know, every year they come out with like what are the five top traits of the best leaders in America, and and um, for the first time in history, though, you know, they said that curiosity is one of the top five traits of leaders in America. So that's not like every year it's not curiosity you know it's 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 a lot of other things but curiosity and so i think you're right i just don't know that you sell it i think you have to become it and, yes. and, and by the way that's one thing that i really liked about that hey i'm figuring it out that was a that's how a curious person goes about things mm -hmm. and i and i do but i i don't think you could sell it i think you you could sell the solutions to the problem but you need to become uh, a person of empathy, a person of curiosity, if you want to sell those things. So that's my only debate. 
I don't even think I, I'm not even sure that I'm hearing a debate. I, I well, you said sell, like you're well, selling. Well, well, but hold on, just because I I don't necessarily use the word sell as something that I need to do. I can sell who I am by being me. Correct. And 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 Fair that and, and that's where I think we're totally linked up in what you said, and that's super fascinating. Like, how do you be, I wrote down while you were saying that, like, how do you be, if trust is the issue, how do you be trustworthy? Like, how, what does that look like? Like, what do you, how do you need to show up? What mediums, back to your technology stuff, what mediums do you want to portray yourself on to, to, to truly be yourself and, and have people feel that, wow, this person's different. Like they're smart. And I mean, smart has got to be a part of the equation there. They, they use, you know, things like, you know, the mortgage coach, et cetera, et cetera. But the decisive edge is everybody that I work with, I serve and I come from a transparent place and I'm honest and I really care about their best interests and the rest takes care of itself because they fucking tell everybody because nobody gets treated like that. And that's, that's the part that like, that everybody needs to understand right now. Like if you're hunkering down right now and trying to figure out curiously like what should i be doing you should be looking to some of these very valuable things such as how do you how do i debunk the distrust out there like that's yeah. big bro yeah well and now that you said it i i didn't say it in terms of one of one of my things what do the best do the best are curious you know they're curious how to win in this market and they're learning from each other you know they they are not showing up on social media rent shaming people and you know, like pushing their opinions on people. They're, 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 you know, they're, they're data driven. Like let's use data to drive narratives. Mm -hmm. um, but they're, they're showing up with curiosity. And then, you know, they are showing up. Like when I interview people that are very successful and I, I don't know how much of it is, this is who they are. And so they became successful, but they are grateful. They are gratitude. They are uh, positive people um although i've been thinking a lot about that lately just knowing that you can't make, take mindset for granted and i've come up with this just kind of playing a head game with myself that like the root of everything that i've ever achieved in business came from curiosity it came from like that is if i had one superpower that has really and i don't know how much of it's the dna that i have how much of it is the habits that i created early in my life uh but you know curiosity is the is the bullseye it's the north star what's like the, the fur, what's the furthest back like it's so cool that we're having this discussion because you could ask a lot of people and they would tell you that i've been saying for quite some time now i think it's the most one of the most important not one of the most important words in the english language that nobody even thinks about like i really do believe You're that word, is curiosity. curiosity bro it's where yeah. all the growth happens. It's why a kid grows. It's how a kid yeah. learns how to speak. It's how it, 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 the whole universe is is displaying that all the time. Everything is open. positive. Everything is yeah. good. Yeah. And growth. Yeah. So to your point, like if you're like selling the fear of, you know, rent shaming, okay, that's not curiosity. I mean, that's a totally different energy. It's like desperate energy. And but but let's let let's go back now in time for a minute. So Yes. As you say that about yourself, I'm like, yes, he is very curious. That's I've never really I never really sat and thought about that before. But bullseye for sure. Where do you think that started? Like, I, I'd be interested to know. Do, do you remember yourself always being that way as a little kid? Yeah, that's there... why I kind of give a lot of DNA credit for that. I mean, I I did like I woke up 
naturally before my family woke up. And so what I'm told is that I used to get into things and they have, you know, pictures of me with pouring, you know, um, maple syrup on my head and, you know, doing all kinds of crazy things as a kid. So I was a very curious kid. Now, a lot of kids are curious like that, but I woke, but not all kids wake up, you know, at five before six in the morning since birth. Uh, so I think that that that's that. So no, I I really do feel like I was I was blessed with curiosity and uh, and a lot of energy to to discover, and I never I never stopped doing it. Were your parents like supportive of that? Like, what's your memories of how like were you allowed to be curious for most of your childhood? Or I feel like it. I feel like it. That's I mean, good, man. That's awesome. Yeah. Sounds yeah, like it. I mean, I, I would imagine that if if you, it was you know kibosh was put on it that maybe you wouldn't have carried it in your adulthood well you know i i after you say i just thought of something i i did think you know through call it institutional school years because i think i've shared this i'm add like real deal i took ritalin as a grade school i'm dyslexic i you know had significant learning disabilities uh you know hated reading out loud so i i will say that during you know the years of school from the time that you started having to read out loud at school through high school, I, my curiosity was massively diluted and, and uh, I was an athlete. So I, and I, I always liked people and making friends, but I, I will say the big breakthrough as an adult is when I, I had my first mentor, Mel Samick. I remember he hired me and um, I'd never heard of books on tape. I, you know, all I knew was that if you would learn, you had to read. And I remember, you know, my first day in the mortgage business working for Mel, I, one of the things I had to do is commit that I would, I would learn every day. And I remember going to his house, like going, oh shit, I'm going to have to read. And, uh, and I remember him pulling out Tommy Hopkins books on tape. And I'm just like, you yeah. know what? I can like <laughs> listen to books on tape and learn things, you know? And so that was, uh. I'd say that was a mass after you and I are thinking about that, I'm thinking about it. Like this is like audio cassette time, right? Yeah. Like yeah, that was for sure. that, tape that recorder. Was, I can learn anything, you know, yeah. I don't have to read everything. Well, but, but it's super cool though, that what this person introduced you to was that kind of content. Cause oh, totally. that, cause that was, how old were you? Uh, well, it was 1986. So I was born in 64, do the math, you know, my twenties, 25, no, yeah, right, 25. Ripe time when the mind is fully matured yeah, and ready and ready to learn. You know? was connected yeah. And yeah, I was ready to get serious and make money and mm -hmm. I got married at 27. So yeah, it was either 24 or 25. So let's shift for a second. What do you, first of all, I didn't know about those things that you just shared about dyslexia and AD, ADD, I think you said, and I, I didn't know that. So it, I, I think it's really amazing um, just how much you've achieved, you know, in, in, in your life, you've overcome some, some serious barriers there, I would imagine. And I'm wondering, like, actually I see, I hear Joe Rogan talk about this a lot and it's a topic that I, I really like uh, to hear explored is the benefits of having to work really hard to break through something, to have to, to, to fail at something and how that makes you stronger and makes you, you know, so do you have any, any comments on that? Do you feel like those moments made you stronger? 
Well, hello, friends, and I hope that you're enjoying this episode of the 360 Experience podcast. To listen to the remainder of this episode, please visit us at The Loan Atlas, where you will also find the most comprehensive resource for mortgage professionals to build their practice, backed by the greatest faculty that's ever been assembled in the mortgage industry. Check us out at the link below or go to theloanatlas.com. Look forward to having you as a guest on our next episode of the 360 Experience Podcast.